you know, as I'm recording this, I'm living in Colgan, Ontario, which is uh, just an hour away from Toronto, Ontario. And uh, I decided on my day off, though, to go to Toronto just as a bit of a change of pace. And um, I wasn't planning to see a movie because usually what I do if I go out of town, I just kind of um, check out the scene, the local scene for a bit, and then um, go home to uh, Colgan um, before the day's over just to kind of have time at home to kind of wind down. But I just have to be on my phone, as people typically do. <laughs> And I, I just noticed that they were showing a, a preview of Marvel Studios Eternals at a local theater in Toronto. So I thought it was going to open locally on Friday, but there were sneak previews of this particular movie on Thursday, at least in certain theaters in Toronto. So uh, I decided to kind of change my plans and watch Eternals at a local theater. And I'm glad I did. So as you probably know, at least locally anyways, um, there's a lot of bad press that's been directed towards Eternals, uh, a lot of negative reviews. And so on Rotten Tomatoes, for example, which of course is a movie review aggregator, um, the rating for Eternals, at least right now when recording this, is around 50%. But what's interesting is that in contrast, the audience score is around 86%, at least at the time that I'm recording this, this video. Um, and I would say that I, I'm more in favor of what the audience is saying. The movie really is spectacular. So given all that, I thought it might be a good idea to do a slightly spoiler-filled review, not of the entire film, but of a particular part of the film, which I found to be really striking from a spiritual perspective. So as a matter of background, in the context of the film, 5,000 years before the present day, there's these godlike figures called the Celestials, who in turn create these super-powered beings called the Eternals. And the Eternals are charged with basically destroying uh, these monsters called the Deviants from the face of the Earth. So that's basically the, the essential plot of the film. Now, in terms of how the movie actually plays out, the main narrative actually revolves around the fact that the, the chief celestial who created the Eternals, who are at the center point of the film, um, wasn't really upfront with them in terms of what their mission was actually all about. And so there are a lot of interesting uh, plot twists which, which arise as a result of that uh, central deception. That said, I don't really want to talk about that. I want to talk more about the relationship between uh, Angelina Jolie's character, Athena, and this Asian character named Gilgamesh. So basically, early on in the film, it becomes readily apparent that Athena, in particular, is struggling with the weight of her accumulated memories over the course of 5,000 years, as a result of which she's becoming um, kind of violent, even striking out and lashing out at various characters of the movie. Um, as a result of which, the proposal is made by certain members of the team to erase her memories, to erase her memories, to stop her from being violent. In response to which, Angelia Jolie's character, as you might expect, protests quite vehemently, right? Because what she argues through tears is that she is the sum of her memories, right? And so if those are taken away, she loses her sense of self, right? And so the team struggles to figure out what they're going to do about this particular situation when Gilgamesh steps up and says basically he'll look after her as she struggles to regain her sense of self. Even though it's strongly implied that in the midst of her ongoing recovery, um, she might pose a physical threat to Gilgamesh. And as you might expect, Athena is incredibly moved by this gesture on the part of Gilgamesh, as a result of which they do precisely what he proposes, right? So they go to this um, relatively secluded place um, to allow her time and space to recover and again regain her sense of self. And, you know, for me, when I saw this, I, I couldn't help but think about the notion of gradualism or, in particular, the notion of spiritual accompaniments, right? And so the notion of gradualism is often kind of misunderstood. So people often look at it as kind of lowering the bar. But gradualism, in its proper sense, is basically meeting people where they're at and giving them the time and space to help them become the persons that God is calling them to be 
as we journey with them before they reach full completion or full healing, however you want to frame it. And so to use an analogy to kind of borrow the words of one spiritual writer, um, imagine if a patient goes to visit a doctor after having not seen a doctor for several decades even. Now, for the doctor to kind of prescribe a whole complete list of things you're going to do right away, um, that might seem to be overwhelming to the patients. And so a good doctor would propose perhaps something really simple and easy at the very beginning, right? So something like take a walk around the block for, for a little while or cut down your salt intake. But at the same time, there has to be an understanding on the part of both the patient and the doctor that that isn't the final solution, right? So there has to be this mutual commitment on the part of, again, both the patient and the doctor to journey together until that particular patient reaches uh, true healing or, or true completion, however we want to frame it. And of course, the same principle applies when it comes to the spiritual life, right? And so when we ourselves meet someone who is struggling with a sin, a whole variety of sins, brokenness, frailty, however we want to frame it, if we propose some variation of, well, let's just wipe her memories, right? To kind of borrow the language of, of the Eternals. That might be easy for us, right? To propose the, the easy, quick solution, but that isn't necessarily what, what the patient or the other person actually needs. What that person needs is spiritual accompaniment. What that person needs is gradualism, which again implies this mutual commitment on the part of that person and you to journey with that person until he or she reaches true healing, restoration, completion. So to illustrate the point, I remember my internship pastor back in the day talking about this particular principle. And so basically the way he phrased it was like, look, if you are by yourself, and you identify, for example, that you're feeling angry or sad or, or whatever, right? And you name um, not just the feeling and the experience, but the reason why you're feeling those things in the privacy, for example, of your own room. Well, that's fine and great, but you don't feel better. What is healing, what is redemptive is if you actually play out that particular exercise, not in isolation, but in the presence of someone who loves you and whose love that you have confidence, right? And so when I allow myself to feel angry or feel uh, sad or to allow my brokenness to play out in real time before this person who loves me, and again, in whose love I have confidence, that's the thing which heals my heart. That's the thing which brings about redemption in my present life. To further illustrate the point, I want to refer to a movie that I saw just recently, actually, called Meet Joe Black, starring Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins. And I know that this movie came out like several years ago, but I just saw it for myself for the first time just recently. And uh, it really kind of struck me for the same reasons that this particular relationship between Thena and Gilgamesh struck me in the context of The Eternals. So as you probably know, in the context of Meet Joe Black, um, Brad Pitt plays death, right? So he plays the personification of, of death, right? And so uh, he comes to take Anthony Hopkins' character away to the afterlife. But in the meantime, he decides to kind of stop for a bit and have a bit of a vacation, if you will, to explore what it means to be human. And so what's interesting is that as the movie plays out, a death falls in love with Anthony Hopkins' daughter. Well, he thinks he falls in love, but it actually isn't love because she doesn't know who he is, right? He never actually reveals to her who he actually is in terms of saying like, look, I am the personification of death. And in fact, one of the key scenes in the film, which actually helps death to realize that he doesn't have a complete understanding of the nature of love is a conversation that he has with Anthony Hopkins' uh, son-in-law, right? So um, and death is talking to this guy and basically he asks him like, how do you know that your wife loves you? In response to which the man says to him, I know that she loves me because she knows the worst thing about me and it's okay. Now, at first, Death is confused, so he kind of asks the guy point blank, like, what's the worst thing about you? 
In response to which the man says to him, well, no, it's just an idea, right? So again, the idea is that my wife sees me as I am, good and bad, like the ugly and the beautiful, and still loves me. She still tells me through her words and through her actions that uh, it's okay, like I'm okay. And that's how I know that my wife actually loves me. And you know, again, just to bring it back to the Eternals, I want to propose that a similar thing is happening in the relationship between Thena and Gilgamesh. Because again, you got to appreciate the particular circumstances which give rise to Gilgamesh proposing to the group that, look, I will take Athena away to a deserted place to allow her to time and space to recover. Because Athena is just lashing out at the other team members, threatening violence against them, threatening to, to kill them even. And yet, despite all this, despite this present and ongoing physical danger to himself and others, Gilgamesh still decides to take her in, even though there's great risk, obviously, to himself. And you see, the whole idea is that that's a thing that's ultimately healing. That's a thing that's ultimately redemptive. That's a thing that ultimately brings Athena back to her true self. This promise implicitly made by Gilgamesh that I will stay by you in good times and in bad. For both the beautiful and the ugly, I will stay with you until you are fully healed and therefore fully alive. Now, it just so happens that in the context of the film, Gilgamesh doesn't actually live to see Athena regain her true sense of self, right? And so he dies in the midst of this really violent battle with the deviants. But while he's dying, he, he speaks to Athena and he basically says to her, uh, remember, right? So remember who you are, but also implicitly remember that you are loved. And that is your true self, despite all your struggles, despite all your difficulties. And this gives rise to this really great scene where the chief deviant, if you will, is about to kill Angelina Jolie's character. And he has within him um, Gilgamesh's powers and also remnants of his memory, right? So he says to, to Athena, um, you know, remember, right? Remember who you are. But it has the unintended effect, right? Because basically that's the thing that snaps her out of it. And so she remembers through hearing those words that, Yes, I am loved. That's who I am, quite apart from my struggles. As a result of what she's able to claim victory uh, in the context of that fight with the deviants, but also in terms of regaining her true sense of self. And, you know, for me, quite apart from other parts of the movie, which are beautiful and, and majestic and, and definitely worth watching, um, for me, this particular relationship between Thena and, and Gilgamesh and her, her character arc in terms of learning to rediscover her true self, um, that's the thing which struck me most powerfully, right? And it kind of reminded me of this really great quote by Sister Miriam James Hyland, who basically said that the challenge for all of us is to provide a safe place for other people. Mindful of the fact that where there is love, there is healing. Where there is love, there is redemption. Where there is love, people really do find their true selves. And may God bless you all.